Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of The Tribe Lagos. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. All right, so what we are doing this evening is like a strategy session. Is a little bit of teaching, a little bit of strategy session. Um, I'm waiting for the board. All right. <laughs> okay, back in school, eh, we used to have some funny guys at the back. You see these guys at the back and they don't know anything, but what they do is that they used to add bars to the, you know, the guys at the back, even times table, two times two, uh, two times, uh, so they used to be the class jesters, they are the guys that used to joke in class. So when teachers say something, there are some things they used to say. An example is, when a teacher says, you know, um, trying to give an example, factors of production is blah, 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 blah. They will be like, kilokawa. That means, well, how does he help us? Sometimes you can be in church and you can get there. You know, the pastor can say, why we were yet sinners? Jesus died for us. Like, okay, how does that help? Yeah. Especially if you are talking to an atheist who used to be a Christian. You can tell him that, you know, for God so loved the world that he did, 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 did this. And you're like, how does that help us? Kilokawa. So there are some things that we learn in church that oftentimes is difficult for us to apply them to our daily life. In fact, in many places, the reason why you learn them is so that you can tell another person. But you, you've not, you've not learned anything. It has not entered you. So today, we want to see how salvation goes into the mind, goes into our body, and affects our lives. That's what we want to do today. So, in the course of today, I will be, like I said, it's a strategy session. So, I'll be quoting a lot of scriptures. I may not have the time to open them, but if anybody requests, I'll be happy to share. I'll be happy to send them on a WhatsApp group as well because of time. And I really want us to pray a bit. Sorry, I like prayer. Okay, because it's a strategy session, we are going to be asking questions. Have you ever heard the saying that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. The question I want to ask you is that, is it true? Okay, let me give you some context. So let's say when you are in the world, you owed your landlord maybe like two million. You had sickle cell anemia. And then you, quote-unquote, give your life to Christ or you get born again. Do you now tell your landlord that, see, you know, I'm a new tenant. (laughs) Old things are passed away. Behold, behold, all things have become new. Or you suddenly stop taking your drugs. You see, it's funny, eh? But this thing I'm talking about, it has cost people pain. It has cost lives. It has cost people their dignity. It has made 
Christianity look like a lie because people don't understand these things. Another thing that is tough for people to accept, and we mentioned it last week Wednesday, is that everything God wants to do for you, he has already done it. That's shocking. It took me over a year to accept that. At some point, I'll just ignore it. Because even the prayers and the songs we sing show that we don't believe what we are saying. He will do what no man can. So we are saying that God will still do something. And then later you say, what God has done everything he wants to do. You see, sometimes it's okay for us to not know. Okay, let me, let me quickly give two illustrations. First illustration is, I want to talk about wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So a number of us came here with pain. So knowledge is knowing that the pain works, right? Maybe I now say something, you know, interesting. Maybe I say something like entunamu or something, and then you write it down. That's wisdom. But you see, understanding is knowing the dynamics of how a pen works. So a pen works is a ballpoint pen, for example. It works like a roll-on. Well, let me give you a better example so you understand. So in this facility, there is a water closet system that we we'll call toilet. Wisdom, knowledge is knowing that it's there. Wisdom is using it when you need to use it so that you don't change the atmosphere, yeah? Understanding is knowing the dynamics of how it works. Understanding the dynamics of how it works, we don't normally bother ourselves with that. We leave it to the plumber, right? It's the plumber that can fix it when it's wrong. But you see, if we are going to be sons of God and we need to fix a broken world, we need to understand how the life that we have received works. See, it's okay sometimes for people to just pray and then get an answer. But you see, the problem with that with Christians is that if you see a Christian who had a challenge at a particular time, maybe he was trusting God for a child, he will give communion, he will take communion, give seed, fast, pray, give dangerous seed, do seven days fasting, roll on the ground, provoke heavens, do all manner of things. When the child comes, he doesn't know what worked. So if he finds another person in the same problem, all he can say is, ah, my brother, just trust God to have faith, you know. Without understanding, we will not manifest as sons. And that's why we must understand the life we have received and how to make it work. I, I want to read a scripture about understanding. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of John, chapter 6. A very interesting one. So Jesus always knew exactly what to do. There was no time that Jesus was confronted with anything that he said, let's use anointing oil first, then let's try communion. So why are Christians like that? So if somebody comes to you and he says he has a particular problem, many times we don't know exactly what to do. Yet so many people in the old covenant can confront somebody who has a particular challenge and say, according to the time of life, by this time next year, return with your child. And it will happen like that. So how much more we that we have the Holy Spirit cannot do that? We must trust God to have an exactitude of knowledge and understanding. I want to quickly read this scripture. It's, I hope it doesn't cause us to digress. 
Um, John 6 from verse 5. You can follow in any translation. I like KJV. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said that to test Philip. Why? Because he already knew what he was going to do. So many times there are things that many of us are facing in our lives that honestly we don't know what to do about it. We can just trust that, you know, just trust God. God wants to move us to a place where we are shadow boxing or guessing or hoping something will work to a place where we know it will work. Now, interestingly, everything that we have found in Christ is on the basis of salvation. So if we don't know how salvation works, we will guess our way through everything. Everything else we will guess. And changing these things starts from some statements we have heard. Some people believe that when you have salvation, it means that at the end of life, you go to heaven. That could not be further from the truth. Salvation is the life that we receive now and live. There's no, there's no, it's not a destination, it's a life. All right, so I said it's a strategy session, so I'm going to draw a number of things. So I'm going to draw two diagrams. The reason why Jesus told a lot of parables eh, is because it was difficult to use just one thing to illustrate the kingdom of God. So he would say the kingdom of God is like somebody who went to sow. Another time he would say the kingdom of God is like somebody who made a great feast and invited people and they did not come. He now said go out and compel them to come. He would say the kingdom of God is like somebody who found treasure in a field and went to sell everything he had and came to buy it. So the reason is that there are so many parts to it. So over the years, theologians have said man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Okay, we may differ on that definition, but I think one thing we can agree on is that a man has spirit, he has soul, and he has body. So I'm drawing three different diagrams. Let's say this is spirit, this is soul, and this is the body. So me too, I'm using multiple things so that you understand. Let's say this is spirit, this is soul, and this is body. Now, if you look at this diagram, it may make you think that the body is the biggest part of man, yeah? But that could not be further from the truth. You see, the body is the smallest. The soul is far bigger, and then the spirit is far larger. But the reason why I'm using this is that I'm drawing a reference, or they call it principle of reflection, from the temple in the wilderness. This is the outer court, this is the inner court, this is the holy of holies. All right, let's start from there. Hallelujah. All right, so when a person gets born again or receives the life of God, I'm using those two terms so that I can gather everybody from wherever we are coming from. Essentially, what happens is that a new program is installed in the spirit, a new life. It's called the regeneration. You know, the Bible says that what is born of spirit is spirit and what is born of flesh is flesh. So what really changes is that this spirit changes. This is the spirit man. And he receives 
the very thing, the very essence that makes God, God. It's called Zoe. It's the very life of God. It's the very power of God. It's the very ability of God. That's why God says that I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. How? According to the power that is here. And remember my first analogy that, you know, you are owing two million, you are asking to sell, you get born again. Does it change? Nobody answered. <laughs> Interestingly, as far as God is concerned, from the moment that you receive this life, you are no longer in debt and you no longer have sickle cell, everything has changed. Everything has changed. So, here now comes the question that I think somebody asked last week. How do I move from what God says is my reality and make it my experience? Somebody was asking us, if you say God has done everything, where is it? Where is all these things? <laughs> all right. This is where the problem is. This is consistent of the mind, the will, emotions. All right. The idea of God. Huh? Okay, let's read Romans 12, verse 1. Yep. Let's read Romans 12, verse 1. I'm going to ask a trick question now. So when God, when we receive the life of God, we really don't participate. We have almost nothing to do. It's just to receive. Because the Bible calls it, it's a free gift of God. It's nothing of ourselves that we have done. It's just a gift. It's a deposit. It's a deposit. It's a deposit of God's life. Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your what? Bodies. Okay, I've written it before. Bodies. A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We'll come to that. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. So that you'll be able to what? Prove. What's another word for prove? Show. Demonstrate. What? The perfect will of God. What's the perfect will of God? Is deposited here. You are whole. Remember all the package in salvation. You are whole. You are restored. You are prospering. You are healthy. That's the perfect will of God. However, he now said, present your body. Renew your mind so that this can be your reality. So, Here's a trick question. Whose job is it to present the body and renew the mind? Hmm? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. 
Is that? Please, at any point you feel the need to stop me and ask a question, please, because we need to get it. We need to get it. That's why I'm slow. I'm very, 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 I'm taking it very slow. Hmm. Let me tell you how big God's love is. Eh? God is, you know, we, we come from different places, so we've had different things. But imagine a court session where you may be the accused, yeah? But God is the judge. Your judge is your lawyer. If for any reason you now have to save time in prison, your judge will still go and save the time for you. God's love. So, so, this thing that God is asking us to do is tricky. So, let me give another example. So, if you wash clothes, you have to put it in the sun, yeah? So, when you put your clothes out in the sun, are you the one drying it? No. When you say you are going to dry the clothes, so, your job is to present your body. <laughs> your job is to present your body. Present it. Yes. We'll, get to, we'll get to the body part. So, this place is where the battle is. This is where all the work of salvation is done. This one is small. Once you win here, you have won everywhere else. And there are so many things that people have deposited here that fights the light here. You know, I like to use light. Because of what God deposited here, Jesus said, please, let your light shine. Let it shine. You know, in Isaiah 60 verse 1, if you read from the Amplified Version, he said, arise from the depression and prostration where life has kept you. Rise to a new light. So, if we can deconstruct all the wrong things that people have said here about the concept of salvation, the light will flow into here and it will flow into here. It's supposed to come from inside out, not outside in. So, for a long time in the church, they try to do outside in. I've jumped, I've jumped, I've jumped, I've jumped, I've jumped. Where they try to tell you, don't wear trousers, don't wear earring. They now became people that Jesus described as fine grave, full of dead men's bones. The idea, yes, the idea is that the life must flow from inside out. That's why God said, I will put my spirit in you. He said, I will write my law in your inward parts. So really, as a preacher, it's not your job to tell anybody what to do here. Really, 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 at the end of the day, what you're supposed to show them is this life. This life has the capacity to regulate people. If I start to tell you some of the things that this life regulated me about, it won't apply to you. Yes, because this thing regulated me about movies, regulated me about football. Not for everybody. Not everybody watch football as an idol. Do you understand? Not everybody makes an idol out of movies. I was watching a movie yesterday. I was showing my wife continuity error. 
how, how is that supposed to help? Do you understand? I'm the kind of person that watch movie, I can tell you the budget, I can tell you who wrote the script, I can tell you how many people the audition for the main role. That's an idol. There's no time to memorize scripture again. Do you understand? <laughs> so this life, yeah, this life said it's okay, it's okay. The movie I've watched is okay. <laughs> and for nearly two years, I didn't watch a movie. Yes. And that is what allows me now to be able to stand there and say, and do no more. <laughs> because my movie wisdom is not needed here. You understand? So because God knows where he is taking me to, he can by himself regulate my life from inside. Do you understand? I've dropped some things, but we'll come back. So, here, there is, because this thing is so powerful, sometimes you start to wonder why is this power not expressed? That's why we call learned helplessness. So somebody told you over and over and over and over and over again that these are the least of things you need to do for something to manifest. Because of that, that thing will clog this light. And it's only the amount of light that your mind allows to pass that can pass into here. Do you understand? So somebody who has been trusting God for a child for 12 years, means somebody who has been trusting God for two years, like, ah, mm, yeah, you're starting. Uh, so when that person accepts that, mm, the person can start to believe that it takes like eight years. I forgot to answer. Uh, that's the kind of light that the person can allow to pass from here into here. Do you understand? This is part of why I like to listen to people who have conquered this mind thing. Their testimonies change everything I'm hearing around. I listened to a man of God once. He went to minister in a country. And when they got back to their hotel, they saw a demon in the room, demon life. And then when they came, the demon flew out the window. Of course, all the pastors wanted to start praying. The man said, no, nobody should pray. Everybody should go and sleep. He said, the devil is too small to tell us when to pray. We pray when we want. Understand? Our prayer has nothing to do with him. Our prayer is a conversation between God and us. And God will tell us when, when we, God wants us to pray, he will tell us. Now, that testimony I shared is already fighting something in your mind. Because what you have grown with is that when you have a nightmare or when you see something, the response is, yeah, the response is, yeah. And the movies, they have reinforced that. Thing. So, the life that somebody else has, you know, I am fascinated by prophets in the Old Testament. A man can walk up to a king and say, there will be no rain or dew until I say so. And he has it. And then we, that, you know, that guy didn't carry God. We, that carry God, cannot think to say it. He cannot even occur to us that tried. Why? <laughs> Learned helplessness. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. I like the I like the worship session today. It's really, really opened our mind. Because there are so many things I'll be communicating that I won't say. But I trust that the Spirit of God will 
open it up in your heart. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do is that. Let's read Second Corinthians 10 verse 4. Yeah, I know Pastor Martin knows that scripture. So. <laughs> he said, for all the weapons, eh? all the weapons, all the weapons that God give you, all the weapons, all the weapons that God give you, are, is this where God wants you to fight the fight? Because all, he said, the weapons of our warfare are not canal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So the idea is that you ask the Holy Spirit every wrong thing I've been taught about this life that I've received. Help me break it down so that the power of the life can flow into my body, into my mind, into my body. That's how it works. So what this means is that you have to attack everything that you believe. You have to fight it. It's, it's war. Yet the war. This is it. All my prayer. This is it. Everything. Sometimes God can flash a vision before you, and the vision is big. If you find yourself doubting it, that's the reason to go and take time to pray. Do you understand? So that you can fight every element that has come together to put it out. You know, for a long time. Okay, so I won't talk about the body here. Yeah? So, this body is how we receive things. And unfortunately for us, eh, this mind has been trained by this body for too long. For too long. This is where ears are. Yeah? This is where eyes are. Mm. Where you hear all the negative things, all the wrong things, all the things that parents say, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not tall enough, see your mates, see this, see that. Those things, eh? they train this guy to act a certain way that negates this thing. That's why the Bible says that the flesh fights the spirit. When the flesh wins, no matter what you carry here, this guy will look more powerful than this guy. All the time. All the time. When this guy starts to win, you become a superstar. Because the life of God starts to flow through you. You know what Jesus told the woman at the well? He said this life, it will be like a well within you, springing up to eternal life. He said when the spirit of God comes, it will be like river, 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 flowing out of your belly. He said out of their bellies. This, this, this is what he's talking about. Out of their bellies will flow rivers of living water. Does anybody understand what I'm saying up until now? Questions? Before I continue. Hallelujah. Because of this thing, this thing, God now gave us an armor. And one of the things that he put there is called the helmet of salvation. The helmet is supposed to protect what? The mind, your brain, is supposed to protect it from the onslaught of lies and what is called lying vanities. 
Halleluja. Halleluja. I want us to pray in the Spirit for just two minutes before I go to the next part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever been browsing with slow internet? Okay. So let's say on facebook.com and then you enter a new IP address let's say www.tribeglobal.org and you press enter because the internet is slow you will still be seeing Facebook on the screen right but really really we have moved to a new site yeah so somebody can look at that old site and say things are not changing. Correct? But the person that imputed that thing has the right to say all things have become new. Brothers and sisters, you are the slow internet. How quickly you can believe what God has said and you take down these walls is how fast things become new. Yeah, we needed to pray before I said that. Well, everybody's angry with me. Anako shegedi barakadush enafur hadias ketedia barakadish kata. So we call God the Father of Light. The reason is because when He births something, what He births is light. So imagine a place where there is a lot of dark cellotape. That is what wrong belief systems has been. So a good way to pray is to tell the Holy Spirit to help you identify every wrong thing that you have believed. Everything that is not true. Regardless of who said it. Regardless. And sometimes that's the problem because people who say these things are authority figures. They are people who, are, you know, who you revere. The way God wants us to be regulated is from here. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, yeah? He shall live by the word that proceeds from out of the mouth of God. This is where we are supposed to live from. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. The son there is heels. That's like mature, mature sons of God. So, it doesn't mean that if you are led from here, you are not a son of God. But by the time you check the Greek, you realize that people that are led from here are children of God. No, sorry, they are like toddlers of God. It's called nephews. 
People that are led from here, they are heels. So the reason why you can lay hand on the sick and they recover is because life flowed from here. There was nothing here to stop it, to say, is he born again? Is this something? something?